24 hours a day. Radio Contact. Welcome to Devil in the Detail. I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining me on the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob. You okay, mate? How's your off-season going, mate? Yeah, really good, mate. Really good. Uh, the World Cup's keeping us going, isn't it? But uh, there's all sorts going on at Salford, as we'll be speaking about. Well, nothing's ever quiet, is there? And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward. Fixtures coming out as well. Looking forward to that. And I'm sure the new season will be on us uh, sooner rather than later. Cool. So what we'll do, we'll start off with all the big news coming out of Salford Red Devils at the moment. So, the big news uh, over the last couple of weeks is Ben Murnett Masala completed his transfer to Warrington Wolves, Paul. Um, big miss for us. Yeah, certainly will be. He's a big character, Ben, isn't he? He won all the awards at the end of last season and uh, he had a good season as well when he had top tries. I think he scored 15 tries, didn't he? And it was the difference in quite a few games, you know, blockbusting runs and that, and a real fan's favourite. So, disappointing news, really, that we were losing him because it was out of the blue, really. No one was expecting that, you know, when we spoke so at the end of the year and we give him our Devil in the Detail award, which you probably won't get back now. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, Warrington's not that far away. But yeah, it's disappointing that the fans really took to Ben, didn't they? And a uh, big blow, you know, getting the dream team as well well and uh, playing in the World Cup so it, I think it's a big blow that and he's going to take big boots to fill yeah it becomes a bit of a curse that player of the year never you tell you got Scott Taylor won it the first year and he left as well uh, there's only um, there's only Craig Cop Jack still here who, who's, a, who's a winner of that award so be careful next time you're voting for your player of the year tactical voting Paul now whether he decides who, who wants to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah like you said he's going to take big boots to fill Ben Murnett Masilla but you know, we wish him all the best going to Warrington he's a good lad and he's uh, you know he's, he's worked really hard for Salford and he put his body on the line I think he's improved since he's come to Salford as well he's got better as a player hasn't he and I thought he was excellent last season and uh, I'm sure he's going to slot into Warrington's side I mean Warrington are making some, some good signings aren't they over uh, the past few weeks and uh, as long as he do not play well against us he can play well every other week but uh, yeah big boots to fill Yeah commanded a fee as well for Warrington around about 170000 Paul gives Ian Watson and Ian Blees a bit of money to be able to sort of negotiate some transfers in this off season Yeah let's hope so because quite a lot of players have gone up as we've said over the last few weeks when we lasted a podcast a few weeks ago the Warren Brothers have gone up the Elsie Krasniki's gone Michael Dobson's finished Todd Carney's gone Justin Carney went halfway through last season um, has anybody else I've re- forgot to mention Liam Bent Connor Williams have left as well so there's quite a few bodies have, have left the club so you know those those spaces need to be filled and at the moment we've only got brought Gavin Benyon in who I'm really looking forward to seeing he looks a really good prospect and um, you know playing over in the World Cup as well that's going to do him a world of good lot of experience there there was talk again in the League Express this week about the, the young French forward uh, Levy and Zongu, I think his name is. I, I've been practicing his name. I don't know whether that's right or not, but he looks an exciting talent. And I know that's not been confirmed by the club 
yet, but I'm hoping it's going to be soon. If they keep mentioning it, don't they, in mm. the papers? So uh, that's another another sign. And we've also got Daryl Elfurts as well, who, who's coming in. So we're a bit short on numbers at the moment, and we'll be expecting signing soon. But the thing is, Rob, at the moment we're a bit sort of tied by the you know the new board of trustees. I think that all that's got to be in place first. Bit of red tape before mm. we can sign people. So obviously that's frustrating. Yeah, I suppose it's frustrating for, for fans as well, because Paul, because they looking around, they want to know what's happening right now. But you know, if well, I spoke to William Bleed when I when I picked up my season ticket, and you know, he was to, he was totally confident that the players are going to come in and you know going to take us to the next level, and hopefully it'll be it'll be right. We have lost the quality of Ben Murat Masala, but remember when we did sign Ben Murat Masala, he was kind of relatively unknown. So who's to say that Ian Watson Ian Bleed have their scouting network around in Australia be able to pick up another Ben Murat Masala Mark? to uh, and be be as good as him certainly yeah well I, like I said before I'm really excited with this Gavin Bennion saying I think he's going to be an excellent player mm. he's only young as well he's a big tall lad um, I've seen the highlight videos of him. I know he's not been playing at Super League level but if he can get the right coaching as long as he's got the right attitude he can go far and uh, I think that's what Ian Watson sees in him you know with him bringing Chris Bryan in he came up jumped up two divisions and he's probably one of our best players last season so uh, so you know Ian's a good coach and I think he's one of those coaches who can get the best out of players and, uh, and bring out the talent in people but just going back to the supporters I suppose in these modern times of 2017 you've got like Twitter, Facebook it's like um social media and things like that is like a massive thing now isn't it and there's a big spotlight on clubs and on mm. players and things like that whereas when we first started watching Solver 20 or 30 years ago you didn't really have anything you just had the, the newspapers didn't you and things like that and, or if you wanted to phone the club you had that sort of club call didn't you if you wanted to find some news <laughs> out and then your dad always used to roll at you because it was like 50p a minute for ringing it but yeah there's there's a there's a whole sort of limelight now shone on things and you know people want to know what's going on don't they which is quite rightly so so but I'm, I'm pretty sure in the next few weeks that we'll, we'll hear good things coming out and uh, hopefully some new signings yeah it's going to be interesting obviously like I said they can't announce anything until it's all signed off can they Paul so you're hoping it gets signed off you know it's becoming uh, November now you think you'd have kind of some kind of meeting maybe early in the month the RFL to ratify uh, you know the, the plans for the trust and then suddenly all the, the wheels start to turn and you know we suddenly start you know announcing these signings and I'm sure Ian Watson Ian please uh, they'll still be talking to players they'll still be getting sounding players out to move the club forward just to ready to, to click into gear when they get the nod yeah, well, Ian Watson was saying in an interview this week, I think it was in the League Express, what I read, and um, he said he'd been on the phone, you know, sorting things out and, and, and deals were in place, weren't mm. they? And things were ready to go. So perhaps they're just waiting for that now to be, to be signed off. So, so yeah, and one thing we've got to not forget is there's a lot of good players at the club. We, f- we forget sometimes we've got the likes of Gareth O'Brien, we've got Josh Jones, Mark Flanagan and Lee Moss, who missed quite a chunk at the end of last season. They're going to be like new players when they come back in because we've not seen them for that, that amount of time. You've got likes of Junior Sal, Chris Wellham. The list is endless. There's a good, strong side there already so we've only really lost Ben Murdoch Masilla so I wouldn't be too disheartened I can understand where supporters are coming from because of the, the magnitude of how we played last season but I think there's still a lot to be positive about yeah I suppose you've got to weigh up Ian Watson as well if he if he thinks he can improve the squad Ben Murdoch comes out brings in a couple more you know we've got a better squad we've got a better team and don't forget this team finished in the top four didn't they in the main season so you know who knows we, we go again we can build a, another good team a couple of stars come in and you know with the feel good facts can come back yeah, certainly can. Teams are strengthening, though, aren't they? A lot of the other sides have strengthened it in the Super League as well. I think it's going to be a tough competition again last year, but uh, but you know it, it's, it's exciting, and I, and I don't think I can, like I said before, I can understand supporters being disappointed, and I know supporters are worried about other players going. 
because like I said before, Facebook, social media, rumours start to fly, don't they? And like we don't do rumours, we've never done them on here, have we? And, and I don't, I don't listen to them. And I know some people sort of get out of the pram about it, don't they? I've read things on the Facebook and they'll say, oh, why are you saying such a body's going and all that? But my message to the supporters would be, don't be, don't be sort of hooked in by it all. Just sort of uh, keep supporting the club, get your season ticket and get behind self. Yeah, keep the faith. That's what that's the shout coming from the devil. Indeed. So I'm sure Ian Watson and Ian Blees are working there, working the, the trolleys off uh, to bring in some really good players. <laughs> Don't be swearing. <laughs> Next bit of news. Signs appearing on the main kind of motorway junctions in and around the city pole. Uh, kind of a joint uh, coming together between the club and the council. Uh, good to see. Look excellent, don't they? I think the, the, the one I saw is like the... The first one was it the the Warrington semi final? Yeah, the, the semi final at Warrington against Wigan and that that sort of stand behind the. I think it was a North. Is it the North stand behind mm-hmm. the goals at Warrington? And that's a that's a good sight to see that. I mean, I was in that stand that day and it was it was packed out in there. It was it was excellent. So so yeah, and that's what it's all about. And it telling people in Salford they've got a passionate you know team there and something to be proud of in in the city and you know the thousands of people that, that drive past that in a week. I mean, I wouldn't know, like to know how many thousand it was that are going to see that and, and find out that we're playing there. So, and it, all those sort of things build a feel good factor, don't they? And what you want to do going into a new season with fixtures coming out and things like that is you want to build momentum, don't you? Ready for January, ready for those those friendly fixtures, and we'll probably talk about some of the events that the supporters trust have been organising as well. And that's all that's all uh, adding to the momentum. And uh, there's a lot to be positive about, Rob, and a lot to look forward to. Yeah, it's about getting outside the bubble end of the day Paul and you know we, we talk about you know reaching out to you know ex-fans and, and potential fans if you've got um, you know signs on the motorway uh, these LED signs are pretty big as well aren't they everyone can see them and you know it puts even though it doesn't say Salford on it it still gives you gives people Salford subconsciously know that this top team in that in their city which is the Salford Red Devils you know is out there and to support them and you know I'm, I can put our, you know we can take our hats off to the council and say thanks for you know being able to let us do that uh, and hopefully more to come yes yeah, certainly and I suppose the next one I mean if we're not asking too much of the council we'll be to have those signs where it says welcome to Salford home of the Salford Red Devils because yeah. I mean if you go to away games you know like likes of um, Lee um, Wigan Warrington St. Helens as soon as you drive in on the sort of the main road of dual carriageway so those town cities they've uh, they've got that those sort of signs haven't they so you're just letting people know that that team's in this city and that team's there and uh, you know we're just keeping our identity as Salford we need to be proud of that now and, and tell people especially with the new badge being launched it's got Salford on it now a lot of supporters are happy about that so uh, so that's one thing that's pleased me over the last few weeks that we're keeping our identity and let's shout it from the rooftops and tell people where we are yeah, that's what like you said, Paul. It's all about being out, getting out there, the city and the name. And Salford Red Devils are going places, and hopefully they'll continue to go forward. I know, obviously, the season tickets, the early bird offer finishes third of November. So if you haven't got your ticket now, we need to make sure you get it. Yeah, that's Friday, isn't it? I mean, I was hoping the club would come out and maybe extend that. I mean, I think they did that last season, didn't they? Or was it the season before? So with a bit of luck, that'll get extended, you know, to. Uh for like a few weeks later and, and give people a bit more time but uh, but yeah you know if you've not got your season ticket yet and, and join the trust as well join mm. that supporters trust because that's really important that you know we get behind that and uh, you know and push things because that trust is a, is a link between you know the supporters and the club and I know I know people have been a bit confused haven't they about that because we've got this board of trustees and the supporters trust I mean there's been those two things sort of happen at the same time and mm. I've read comments of people and, and people have asked me about it and said oh are you on the board of trustees? And I said, I'm not on the board of trustees. I said, I'm on the I'm on the supporters trust with like 300 other supporters. So I, I'd encourage anybody to join the supporters trust. It's totally different from the board of trustees, but that is something where we can have a say, can't we, Rob? And we can organise events and and bring everybody together and you know and push the club forward. Yeah, talking about the supporters trust, they invited down uh, to the cenotaph to Ray Leaf, uh, Ray. Oh. 
layer wreath. Um, that's you know that's going to be really good for because for Salford and the city because Salford Red Devils have a very big history when it comes to the the war. They certainly have, yeah, yeah. So that's on Remembrance Sunday on the 12th of November, and uh, and yeah, we certainly have. You know, I think it was 32 lads from the um, from the from the Salford side. You know, the the, the Salford side 1914 fought in the war. Seven of, of them died as well, and one of them was a, was a Welsh captain. And um, is it William? Thomas William, I think, or William Thomas. <laughs> I read it today. Well, yeah, I was reading all about that, and it's fascinating, really, how they came over. I think he was like he played. He was forty when when he when he, he died in the war. He was killed in battle there, and, and Lance Todd as well. I mean, Lance Todd died in a car crash, and he was serving in the in the home guard. You know, tragically. And if you read about the things Lance Todd did, you know, bringing Salford from sort of twenty six when it was one league, twenty six bottom. And up to fourth in the table with the same group of players. It just shows you that the work that he did there, and sort of they fought in the war there, and, and put the lives on the line, didn't they, for, for the country? And uh, you know, if they, if people can from the trust can go to that and and support that event, it's all over uh, the social media pages, the supporters trust website. You can get involved, put your name forward for that, and, uh, and go and get involved in it. Yeah, another bit of uh, supporters trust news. There's a Q and A session organised for the 19th of November with Ian Watson at the Nags Head in Earlham at five o'clock. Paul, um, it's Great, Ian Watson. You know, we, we talk to him, don't we? After after every game, and he's, he'll be a be a good to talk to, be a good show. That yeah, it certainly will. I think that's hot off the press. That Robert's just been announced as we record this, hasn't it? So uh, so yeah, it's going to be an excellent show. That and I know the, the supporters trust to try to get hold of um, sort of other players to go to the event as well and um, heritage players, as they call them these days. I tend to call them past players, but <laughs> they they were calling them heritage players. It makes them sound dead old. That, yeah. but, but you know, I, I spoke to a couple of players this week who are interested. I'm not going to name names just in case they let us down or they've got other they tied up with other things. I know people have got busy lives, but they have been in touch with players and uh, I've spoke to a few of them. And we're hoping to get as many people down there as we can uh, and you know if you're a supporter listening and you know an ex-player because I know quite a lot of the supporters do don't they, they live near an ex-player or they might know somebody you know get in touch with them and, and, and invite them down to that the more people can get down there the better and we can all share memories and look forward to a good season I think Ian Watson's going to be looking back at last season and he's also going to be looking forward to, to next season so that, that'll be a great event that I think there's some food on as well isn't there and uh, you know, it's, I don't think it's dear to have a drink in there either is it so uh, that should be a really good uh, sort of uh, afternoon I think it starts at 5pm doesn't it Rob so it's not too uh, it's not too late, is it? It's on a Sunday, so it's on a school night, but it's not too late, and it's that's something I'm really looking forward to. That yeah, it'd be a big, big night. Lots of soul fans all forget down to Earl and be and be, and be able to get down and ask questions to Ian Watson, and you know he'll, he'll answer all the questions. He's good, Ian Watson, and he comes. Yeah, he certainly is. Yeah, he, he's a lovely bloke, Ian Watson. He's switched on. He always has time of day for us, doesn't he? He's a great bloke and uh, doing a great job at Salford. I'm very proud. That he's our coach. Very proud to call him our coach, and he's uh, so level-headed and, and doing a great job, and, and taking the club forward. And um, it'd, be, it'd be great to speak to him and, uh, and just hear his ideas. And I think he's having a, a well-earned break at the moment. Now I heard that he went on his holiday, or he's mm. or he finished at the end of October. I think he deserves a bit of time off <laughs> yeah. now because it's a long season. When you think back to, to January and the friendly starts, he's sort of gone all the way through to the end of October, and it's been rugby league, rugby league, rugby league every week, wasn't it? So. Uh, so if you're listening, Ian, enjoy your enjoy the World Cup now. And have a, put your feet up for a few weeks. <laughs> Pina coladas is having on a beach ball, I reckon that's yeah. what it is. But like you said, if, if it's a long season, especially with the pressure of being a Super League coach, and you know Salford playing now, you know really, really well as well. You know, this can becomes an extra bit of pressure on this season, I think, because people will be thinking, you know, you turned the magic on last season, can you do it again? Yeah, well, it was a roller coaster ride, wasn't it, Rob? It was. 
it was a funny season, wasn't it? It went really well and then it, it tailed off a bit. But I don't think that, I don't like to say, you know, it was a season of two halves because I think that's very disrespectful to Ian and the, and the players. They worked really hard last season, didn't they? And with the resources we had and the size of the squad we had, we found it tough, didn't we? But I thought we did really well. You know, to finish, you know, four of 23 games is a fantastic achievement from where we came from in the million pound game the season before. And then to finish seventh and get to a semi final, you know, we was leading that semi final at half time and 40 minutes away from Wembley. So if we can sort of go that one step further this season or, or even just consolidate and finish in that top eight again, because one thing we don't want to do is finish in that bottom mm. four. It's going to be tough, isn't it, down, down there, with the, especially with that championship. If you look at that championship now, some mouth-watering games. I know they, they um, announced the Summer Bash fixtures yesterday. Yeah. I think Leah playing Toronto at the Summer Bash. What a game that's going to be. So mm. there's some really tough teams in there. So I think as Ian Watson will be looking you know, to, to get in that top eight again and, and, and move, move us forward. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, Ian Watson's got his uh, his players coming in, hopefully, and uh, that team can go again. We can finish in the top eight again. Another good cut run. And that's what I think we need, Paul. I think we need like, a period of consistency where we are top eight team, quarterfinal, semi-final and challenge cup, year in, year out. And then people start believing. The people so will think, you know, this team is going places. So let's get behind them. A lot, of, a lot of times, being a Sofa fan, we've seen one good season and then a drop off. And then a relegation. And then yeah. a relegation. That's, that's happened a few times. Yeah. yeah. So it, it can't, that it can't happen again. This, this season, you've got to back it up. If you got, you're going to finish in the top eight, you know, last season, it has to happen again. If you want to build this club, yeah, certainly. Well, you'll always have your hardcore supporters, won't you? Who'll turn up week in, week out. But it's attracting those sort of laps fans, I suppose. Mm. And uh, I mean, people will say, "Oh, glory supporters and things like that." But every team has that. Every team will have that element of support. It's just a fact of life, isn't it? People will latch onto a winning team, won't they? And if, if you look at the other sides in the leagues, say take Leeds for an example, they get for sort of fourteen thousand. If Leeds had not won a trophy for forty-one years, like like we have, mm. would they be getting that many? And the answer's no. no. They'd be exactly the same as us. They'd be going through the motions, three or four thousand. And it's the same for Wigan, St. Helens or anybody. I, can't, mm. I, I don't care what anybody says. So as far as Salford are concerned, we've got a fantastic bunch of loyal supporters who will turn up come rain or shine and watch us. It's just adding to that now. And by finishing top eight consistently and, and, being, and consolidating and moving forward, you will keep adding and adding to that. Yep, so we'll have to see how that goes when the signing comes in. We'll have another podcast when they start announcing people. It's exciting though, thinking about signing, isn't it? Because you're thinking, yeah. who's it going to be? And you're looking at who's been released and who's available. Mm. And I, I've just got no idea whatsoever who's going to be coming in. So it's really exciting when they do get announced. Yeah, we're all fans, aren't we, in the, the day? So, you know, when, when they do announce them, when the club announces somebody, we're on, we're on it like everyone else, aren't we? So hopefully, you know, Ian Watson and Ian Blaze have done their own work and they've got quality players coming in. Uh, and we're up for a successful season in 2018 next bit of news the Lowry's Memories um, theatre um, event at the Lowry Paul uh, 23rd of November yes the Thursday night 23rd yeah. of November yeah uh, clashed with the Challenge Cup last time Certainly but did, yeah. opportunity to go now a yeah. lot of people have the memories of the Willows uh, you know a fantastic place to watch to watch Rugby League and watch Sofra Devils and you know the Sofra Devils Foundation have managed to put this on again and if you were a fan and you, you missed it out the first time you've got to go this time yeah certainly I'm looking forward to going to that this time hoping to get a ticket for that this week and I believe they're doing a DVD I think as well Are they? aren't they I think, I think so yeah I'll, I'll try and get that confirmed this week I'm sure I've read that somewhere it's mm. been a busy week I've had a lot of things I've been doing a lot of things this week but but yeah I'm hoping to go to that Thursday night I think it's half past seven something like that I think it's about is it £12 a ticket Rob? Yeah, it's not like that expensive isn't it it's like a it's a great thing isn't it that and uh, it'd be great to, to watch those members and it was it was unfortunate that it fell on that 
that day, didn't it? that mm. Sunday, that semi-final day. So, uh, so yeah, you've got a second chance now to, to go and watch that. I'm sure it'll be a, a real thrill to go and see that. Yeah, it's going to be a great day if you can get down there and, and watch that. Uh, final bit of news, uh, the Super League fixtures are out today. Um, we're recording this the night before, so we don't know uh, where Salford will be playing uh, in that first game, Paul. But who who would you like in them first two games? Uh, well, you know me, Rob. I, I like the history and I, I like the romance. Don't I? I'm a bit of a hopeless yeah. romantic, as I've been described by people before. <laughs> I'd like us to play Leeds at home, uh, opening game, and beat the champions. Uh, I'd really like that. Um, but I think a home game. I just like a home game, really, because obviously we're going to play friendly games. It'd be nice to build some momentum with the friendlies, build some momentum with the supporters off the field, and then get a home game and get a win. What we don't want is a trip to France first game. I hope we play Catalan sort of later on in the season, really, when it's nice and warm. But uh, but no, I'm looking forward to it. Whoever we get is going to be great. Whether it's, I mean, knowing the rugby league, they'll give us all KR away, won't they? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. But it's dead exciting isn't it? when the fixtures come out. I mean, it's a great time, and it? Sort of, it drives my missus daft because uh, we sort of planning our lives around it and she's asking when we can go on holiday and things like that but uh, she's already booked a week away so, oh, sure. so I, don't know what's, I don't know what's going to happen there I'll be looking at getting a flight back mm-hmm. and that when the fixtures come out <laughs> so uh, we don't, I hope she's not listening she will be I think it might be a problem for all that but I suppose, I suppose with fixtures for me I, I would like a, a kind of fixture that uh, the first one to be a home game Yep, that'd be that'd be a, that'd be a banker for me. Um, I'd like to be yeah, play a team that I think we can secure a victory against because the, it's good that you get sometimes you get the likes of Wigan or Leeds at home as the first game because everyone gets excited because mm. it's a big game and a big team coming down. But these big teams are usually playing in big games, and I'd rather play a team like Huddersfield or a team like Wakefield there where we can get and we can get start off with a mm. win. Yeah, because because what it is for me. People of Salford want to see Salford doing well. So if that first game, Salford come away with a victory, gives everyone a buzz. Everyone starts getting excited about it. They'll tune in next week and think, oh, we'll be playing next week. We'll go and watch next week. So for me, I'm thinking someone like maybe Wakefield, someone like Huddersfield, maybe. Um, Wakefield and Huddersfield supporters and coaches will be listening. But if you hear what he's saying, that Rob Parkinson, yeah, it's like he does off. Yeah, what is that? But well, I know where you're coming from. I do get where you're coming from on that one. But um, but yeah, I think I think anybody that you play early in the season is going to be tough because mm. people are going to raise again. And it's only 23 rounds that first thing, and you've yeah. got to get off to a good start. I mean, as Warrington found last season, mm-hmm. they sort of lost quite a few games earlier. And I can't remember how many it was they lost on the trot, but um, they found it really difficult then to turn that farm round and get into the top eight, didn't they? But I suppose going back to playing like to Leeds, Wigan. Saints, Castleford, the, the top side from last year. Um, does it take them a while to get going? Yeah, that's 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 the flip uh, side you, of it. Can you sometimes surprise them playing them? Yeah, that, we always. Well, Watson, Ian Watson wanted to kind of go early, didn't he, and, and get you know front get load. the uh, front loaded like that, and front front loaded the season. So if we're looking to front load front load again. We'll be going to be hot going to that first game, and the likes of you know Wigan and Leeds there thinking about peaking at a different time of the season. But will Levy and Watson learn from that and thought, well, we can't front load again because we'll drop off at the end. Yeah. Will he be able to stagger it again? That's the question for I'd me. Rather front load again. That's oh, yeah. no, front we've load said up. that. We've discussed that between yeah. ourselves a few times, haven't yeah, we? Yeah. But uh, yes, yeah, exciting. I can't wait for the fixtures. Yeah, keep front loading. That's what I say. Yeah. Uh, so yeah fixtures out uh, today um, and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll have a couple of uh, good fixtures to start and start Who'd with you fancy uh, Easter? I want I want someone Warrington on Good Friday Warrington play Witness Good Friday don't they? Yeah. or Thursday now don't they because I was looking at that if you, if you pair the teams up now you've got Wigan will play St. Helens mm. Good Friday won't they um, Leeds will probably play Castleford right Wakefield will play Huddersfield mm. Hull will play Hull KR so we end up with that leads us with Catalan because it was Lee last season on Good Friday, mm. wasn't it? So 
Um, I suppose, logically, that I'd say we play Catalan Good Friday, but the Rugby Football League might have no. other ideas. They no. couldn't give us anything, couldn't they, I suppose? They'll, they'll, but they'll want Cat- they always have Catalan Bank Holiday Monday on TV. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So yeah. I'm thinking... Please God, they don't give us Catalan on Bank Holiday Monday again. I'm thinking Bank Holiday Monday, me, for Catalan. But Who would be playing Good Friday, then? Why not? I'll say Warrington will play witness, won't they? Maybe Huddersfield. You think really? I, th- I think they did it a few years. I was discussing this with my dad the other day. I think, not last season because they played us, but a few seasons ago, Catalan played two away fixtures at Easter. Mm. They stayed over in England, didn't they? I think they stay at the, the Marriott, don't yeah, they? Yeah. Worsley, and they, they played two games. I think that's an idea mm. because it, it sort of disrupted us last season, that didn't it really? It was, it was tough on us sending us over to, to, to Catalan, you know, yeah. that, that short turnaround. So it'll be interesting to see the Easter fixtures. Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting. All unveiled today, so keep your eyes open for that. So, because obviously we haven't got a, um, a game to talk about, we're going to talk about the World Cup uh, that's been taking place uh, last week. It's Yeah, so this is a, a review and a preview of the of the World Cup in the last week or so, Paul. England faced Australia in the first game. It was a, a tough game for both sides. Yeah, I thought it was an epic game, really, Rob. I thought it was a really, really good game. I thought England gave it everything. Um, and I think England can get better, can't they? I mean, Wayne Bennett was saying in the week leading up to it, you know, we might not be at our best, but, you know, there, there was signs on attack. I thought, you know, Luke Gale, I thought, got a bit of, a bit of criticism really. I thought it was a bit uncalled for. Um, but you can understand that sometimes. I don't think he had his best game. and I don't think the kicking game was that good. We looked a bit shaky with the ball, but defensive-wise, I thought it was excellent, especially in that second half. He really stepped up. And the 18-4 scoreline, I thought, flattered Australia. At 10-4 there, the game was finally poised. And that penalty... I don't think in, if in Super League that penalty would have gone the other way. Mm. I'm quite sure of that. I, I, I think it was a, sort of an Australian referee there, different interpretation. Not slagging the referee off, but I think it was one of those 50-50 calls that we didn't get and it's that, that penalty sort of killed the game really with three minutes to go and gave them an eight-point lead. But I thought they could be proud of their efforts and I think as this, this tournament goes on, I think we can get better. Yeah, obviously 10-4 down the closing stages. It shows that you know England aren't that far behind. I've got a mate... Uh, brother-in-law says to me, "Oh, they'll they'll put 30, 40, 50 hours." And I thought to myself, "They're not they're not superhuman, Paul. They're only human like like everyone else." Yet, yeah, you know, they do seem to be able to do everything twice as quick as we do. But that comes down to their quality and, and their skill. If England can manage to slow that down and and play the game at, at our pace, then we we could come up with a win. And I thought, you know, the boys did fantastic on 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 Saturday. And you know, it's only going to get better for us because we've played Australia. Don't forget, Australia sat on our line for three or four sets, didn't they? And we cleared our lines at the end of it. So that's going to boost the confidence because, you know, they have good players. But if you can stop them from scoring, that's half the battle. Yeah, they certainly do. They like a well-oiled machine, aren't they? They mm. sort of keep going. And sometimes it, I've heard people say the NRL's boring. It's very robotic. But one thing is with the NRL, they don't seem to make a lot of mistakes. It's, it's five drives in it and, and a kick. And then they'll wait for that opportunity. They won't waste opportunities. When that opportunity comes, bang, they'll take it, won't they? And I think that's what they did against us. Um, Cameron Smith for me was probably the difference between the two sides I thought he was absolutely excellent but when you go back a few years people like Billy Slater they looked invincible didn't they but when you watch that game back on, on Saturday uh, was it Friday sorry um, I thought Billy Slater looked vulnerable mm. he made a mistake he dropped the ball didn't he and, and I think we could I wouldn't say we've sort of caught him up is probably the wrong word but I think we can compete now with Australia if you go back to the 80s 82, 86 the Invincibles who came over here and did a proper tour and didn't lose a game if you watch those DVDs back the videos back they, they looked head and shoulders it looked like men against boys wasn't it whereas now 
I don't think it is. I think we we sort of it's being clinical. He's taking your opportunities and playing for the eighty minutes because Australia will. And I remember saying to my dad on on Friday when it was twelve four. Australia will score again here now. They'll get another try. And they mm. did do, didn't they, from that kick? And it's just little things like that. And I, th- I think those are things we can put right. And the, the, the lads that they interviewed after the game said that there were certain things they were going to iron out. Josh Hodgson said that. And I'm sure they will. I think we'll get better. And if we are to meet Australia later on in the tournament, I think we can beat them. I think, we do. I think the problem we've got is history. I think a lot of people kind of get scarred, don't they? That, it's uh, like us when we play Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> it's like us <laughs> when we play Leeds. Yeah, you're right. Beat them before you go out. Yeah. That's, that's half the problem with Australia. Because, you know, time after time, they've, they've come up with a big play, haven't they, yep. to win the game? Game. and yep. you know there's always so you're going to keep walking to the well you've got to get the water out eventually aren't yeah, you Paul yeah. so yeah. you're hoping that you know this year in their own backyard Australia you know we, we can we can turn them over I think yeah if you go back I think I'm pretty sure it was the test series of 2003 I think it was um, we played the three tests over here against Australia and we was winning all three of those games with about mm. five minutes to go and we lost by one score yeah. and Australia scored in the last minute of nearly every game and I, I remember saying to my dad at the time, we could have won that series 3-0. Mm. And it was just them having that sort of bit extra, you know, just, just doing those extra bits. Fitness of the Australian players is second to none in it. They look so fit. They look so big. I mean, I, I thought that on, on, the, on the game at the weekend. They, they look so much bigger than us and, 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 and faster than us sometimes. But uh, I think it's those green and gold shirts make them look really yeah. big, don't they? But, but definitely, I think we've got a lot to be positive about. I think the tournament as a whole is looking excellent. There's been some excellent games, haven't they, which we'll talk about probably shortly. And uh, there's some teams in there that are looking... Like dark horses as well that we haven't yeah. mentioned yet. Yeah, there's there's lots of uh, soap representation in the World Cup as well. Craig Copjack uh, playing for Wales. Uh, they were beaten though by Papua New Guinea, but they're a big side that Papua New Guinea, aren't they? They certainly are, Rob. Yeah, and we were saying before, weren't they? The, the, the kit's lovely as well. I, I really like the Papua New Guinea kit, but I watched <laughs> the highlights of the game and um, I was very, very impressed by them. Very impressed by the way they played the game. The atmosphere at the ground was tremendous as well. It was absolutely packed out, wasn't it, there? And uh, full of their supporters and they really got behind them and, and they're playing all their, their group games there so um, they're going to be re- a real tough nut to crack and I felt sorry for Wales really and it was nice to see um, Craig Copjack you know doing really well and also Chester Butler as well Colin Dixon's grandson mm. uh, Halifax player I think he got injured and taken off but he looked really good in the stages he was on and I know Gavin Bennion's been called into the squad this for this weekend's game so uh, but yeah I was very very impressed by Papua New Guinea and I think they're going to take some stopping Another great performance uh, was Ireland Paul they beat uh, Italy 36 points to 12 uh, Tyrone McCarthy uh, in the Ireland squad uh, you know playing some good rugby yes yeah, certainly very pleased for Tyrone McCarthy and he's been named in the squad th- this weekend as well and uh, you know I was looking at their side they've got some interesting players in there Michael McLaurin is playing for, for Ireland and I think Louis McCarthy's guys but did he yeah, play he, yeah Louis he, McCarthy I was surprised at all these Irish people I didn't know they were Irish but, <laughs> and Liam Finn as well they've got a very good half yeah. in Liam Finn I mean people say Liam's not the quickest to play you know the Wakefield half back but uh, he's very um, very good between the ears and he's got a very mm. good rugby league brain as, as we we found out last season when they beat us in those two league games Wakefield so so Ireland yeah that was an excellent result for them and um, they've got a tough one coming up this weekend but um, but yeah great start for them that yeah it's going to be great obviously you know you're hoping the, the the home nations Paul can can you know get into gear and you know really compete with these sides you know Tyrone McCarthy for, you know for, for Wales uh, for Ireland sorry you know playing really well Cop Jack for Wales um, Manu Vatau for 
for Tonga as well. He, he he played as well. They beat Scotland fifty points to four. Yeah, that was like one of the only. That was really probably the only one-sided game, wasn't it? And, and that one of the, the Wales and Papua New Guinea. But if you look back at that Wales game, you know, it was in that game. So mm. in the first twenty minutes, but it looked boiling out there as well. Didn't yeah. The conditions looked really, really, really tough. But uh, yeah, big win for Tonga, and they've got some big players there, haven't they? Mister Liz playing for, for Tonga as well. One side I was impressed with was was Lebanon beating France. That when I looked at that game, I expected France. You know, Tiofage captain, I expected. France France to, to win that game and Lebanon obviously England's next opponent can't take them lightly Rob they've got a lot of Australian based players yeah. over there they're in Australia in the Southern Hemisphere they're going to be tough to beat yeah it's every game in this World Cup Palm is going to be a competitive one I reckon you know likes of Tonga and Samoa and you know that they have filled with NRL players aren't they you know and, and they're going to test everybody so you're hoping the likes of England can step up and, and you know grind a win out when we need it yeah, certainly, certainly. And uh, obviously Fiji as well. They they impressed. They beat USA 58 points to 12. Mm. And it was great to see Sean Ruckerson. As yeah. well, I kept seeing his golden, uh, curly golden locks on the pitch, <laughs> bringing the water on. So, uh, yeah, great to see Sean there. New Zealand as well. We've not mentioned New Zealand. We've been talking about England and Australia. And New Zealand had an excellent win against Samoa, didn't they? And Samoa sort of a, one of the dark horses and they put away 38 points to 8 so there were some excellent games at the weekend and some some big results and uh, some really good games to look forward to this weekend Mark. yeah fixtures this week Australia uh, play France England play Lebanon uh, Scotland take on New Zealand Tonga and some oh that's going to be a, a right ding dong battle isn't it yeah there'll be some uh, some ferocious hits in that game won't they that, that's one I'm really looking forward to, to seeing that one there'll be like mini car crashes some of them mm-hmm. won't do and you we were saying before you'll have to hide behind the sofa on watching <laughs> that game but yeah that, that's one that could go either way That that's probably a, a pivotal game that really in those, those cross group games and because and, I think England's group three qualify, don't they? In, in sort of the other groups, only sort of one qualifies. So, so yeah, that's going to be be a good game to watch out for. And Fiji against uh, against Wales, that's going to be a tough game for Wales. Ireland against Papua New Guinea, you know, only one side qualifies from that group. So you'd expect the winner of that game is going to have the real advantage then, aren't they? And uh, can Ireland beat Papua New Guinea? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Pa- Papua New Guinea, you know, playing some good rugby, but Ireland playing good rugby as well. So you know, winner takes all for that. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And I really hope Ireland can do it, definitely, with uh, with Tyrone McCarthy playing in there as well. So, uh, so yeah, that should be an excellent game, that, and we wish Ireland all the luck in the world. Yeah, and all the big fix, the big um, crowds as well, I think, in Australia. When you watch on the telly, there's lots of people uh, gone down. I know a lot of Soul fans have gone over as well, supporting the, the local, supporting the boys. So, you know, it's exciting. Yeah, it certainly is. It's something I'd love to do, Rob. I'd love to go over to, to Australia <laughs> and, and uh, watch rugby league. I'd love to go to Australia full stop, you know, uh, but uh, but yeah, something in the future. Hopefully, I can I can I can get to. But uh, yeah, for everyone who's gone over there, I hope they enjoy it because bit, they look like they're having a tremendous time. The pictures I've seen on, on Facebook and Twitter and things like that. I saw Shirley and uh, her husband yeah. in the crowd. Actually, I said to my dad, they were they were sat behind the gold, and I know Steve McCormack was there. Yeah, the photographer. So uh, so yeah, I said I saw his picture with the uh, Big Ben and, uh, and Manu Vata. It was a cracking photograph. That yeah, I hope they're having a great time. Yeah, I hope you're all enjoying yourselves in Australia. We'll see, we'll get up at giddy o'clock in the morning here and watch oh, it. Don't the you worry too bad have they Rob was it 9 o'clock yeah I'm still going to get out of bed though it's <laughs> <laughs> a long way the Wales game was about 4 wasn't it yeah. the I watched the highlights for that one you'd only watch the first 10 minutes wouldn't you after that and you think, oh yeah, no let's go back to bed plenty of coffee <laughs> Yeah, well, like I say, it's exciting. It's the World Cup and, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll continue to get excitement in the next couple of weeks, Paul. Yeah, I think it's special watching watching games in the in the Southern Hemisphere. I remember if we go back to the, the 1997 World Club Challenge, remember when Salford played Adelaide and um, I think that was on about six o'clock in the morning, wasn't it, when we played mm. them over there. I remember getting up, having me frosty, sat with my dad watching that. So, uh, so yeah, I think it's exciting. It really is. And it's something that, you know, I'm a bit childish me sometimes. Something that's always fascinated me yeah. when you get up for work in the morning, it's freezing cold outside and dead dark and you switch the telly on 
live on Sky Sports, you've got like the West Indies playing yeah. England in cricket, and it, you can see them all sat round. You're thinking, wow, that's the other side of the world. It's boiling up, and we're sat here in the cold. But uh, but yeah, it, it looks great. It's, it's been a great tournament up to now, and I just hope people keep getting behind it. And it's not had the, the most sort of press coverage as, as it should have. You know, rugby league sort of undersells itself sometimes, doesn't it? But uh, but yeah, the more we can keep talking about it and publicising it, I'm sure the tournament will grow as it goes along. Yeah. So this is the end of this pop up podcast from the Devil in Detail. I've been Rob Parkinson. It's been a good show, this Paul. Yeah, I've enjoyed it, Rob. It's been. I've missed the podcast, so uh, I know we've been doing the radio, haven't we? And that, but uh, I've missed the podcast. It's great, and hopefully we'll have uh, I'll have another one next week if we've got some more news. Yeah. So you can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD, and you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.